Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Go Beyond Numbers. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. As always, we have the star of our show, Mr. Tony Rose, joining us here in just a moment to walk through another great conversation. We've got a special guest joining us today, a ghostwriter, an editor, somebody that Tony you know, assimilates and works with on a regular basis. We're really excited to welcome on Jocelyn Baker today to the show. You know, Tony and Jocelyn will walk through a handful of different things related to her working experience as a ghostwriter and editor, some of the books that she's worked on. But we're going to get a little deeper as well today with them. Do, you know, what it takes to write a book. Can anyone write a book? These are some of the questions that they're going to be exploring on today's discussion. Uh, and of course, they'll obviously share some of their, you know, experiences of working together, so on and so forth. We got a, you know, a lot of great, great conversation ahead here uh, carved out between Jocelyn and Tony and looking forward to, to getting right into it. So with that, let's go ahead and throw things over to Tony Rose and get right into today's conversation. Tony, take it away. How's everybody today? You know, for years and years and years, I always wanted to write a book, but I never felt I had the time. I never actually felt I knew enough to be able to put things on paper that would be meaningful to people. I don't know how long it's been, and we'll ask Jocelyn because I'm sure she remembers. Uh, I, I had a friend who was in the strategic coach program who had engaged a ghostwriter to help with the process of developing a book. I gave my, who my now friend is, Jocelyn Baker, a phone call, introduced myself, and we discussed what it took to write a book. I'm now on my fourth or fifth book with Jocelyn, and it's been an incredible process not only of being able to put on paper my thoughts, but I found that as I wrote the book, I learned more and more about the subjects I was talking about. So I thought it would be interesting for all of you who have been sitting there thinking, I should write a book, I should write a book, I should write a book, to talk to who I think is one of the foremost authorities on how to get that done, Jocelyn Baker. Jocelyn, welcome. Hi, Tony Rose. It's always good to see your face. It is. It is always good to see your face. It's been kind of hard the last several years uh, meeting in Zoom, but we certainly have met face to face plenty of times. We have. We have. It's good to see you. And I'm so honored. I didn't realize that um, when you first asked me to be on the podcast that that's what we were talking about. I thought we were just going to talk about your books. I didn't realize I got to talk about me. In fact, I don't think we have to talk about our books at all. I think we have to talk about what happens and how you do it. How do you write a book? But first, I would love you to tell the audience a little bit about your background. How did you get to do what you're doing? I was very lucky. So I was actually, I don't know if you know this. Do you know I was a reporter? Do you know I was a reporter? I was a political reporter and I covered the um, Arizona State Senate many, many years ago. And so I had, that was my, my degree was in journalism. That was my first job was I was a reporter. And then um, I sort of, I moved away from it, but I kept doing some writing on the side. And I really, honestly, I lucked out. I met the right people at the right time in my life. Um, one of them was, was a guy that, you know, from strategic coach as well, I think, um, who 
hired me to write my first book. And I said, I don't know how to write a book. And he said, neither do I, but let's figure it out. Um, and so from then that was, I think 2001, I think is when that happened. Um, and from then I've written probably over a hundred books at this point. Wow. Wow. A hundred books. I mean, at least one, it's over 20 years that you have been doing it. I know. Does it ever get old? No, it doesn't. Um, I think one of the things that has to happen if you're a ghostwriter is that you have to be able, you have to be really curious about a wide range of subjects. And so there are oftentimes when I start working on a project and I really just don't care that much about the subject, but I really like the author or the, you know, there's some reason that I'm working on it. And by the end of it, I'm fascinated most of the time. But it's not that easy, is it? No, it's not that easy. There's a lot of work that goes into it. No, Brian was mentioning, should everybody write a book? I don't know if you want to get into that right now, but um, it certainly is not. You just sit down at a computer and write. Let's let's talk about the kinds of people that you've assisted in writing their books. So Give us I, examples. Yeah, I almost exclusively write business books, although there are some exceptions. But um, I've I'm just going to throw out a few things. I wrote a book for a woman who is an expert in resilience. And so she's done um, resilience training programs for the Navy SEALs, for LAPD. Um, I've written a book, I've written multiple books about values-based financial planning. I wrote a book about how to package your high school athlete for a college athletic scholarship. Um, I've written books about hypnotherapy, about sales, um, about sales force. It's kind of all over the board. And and so what do people do? They pick up a phone and they say, I want to write a book. What do they what do people say to you? Sure. So they come to me and there's people who come to me and say, I have, you know, this book that I've been working on for years and I just I can't seem to get momentum on it. But I have all these notes and mini chapters and all these outlines. And then I have people who say, I want to write a book. I'm not sure what I want to write about exactly, but I know I need one for my business. So can you help me come up with a concept? And so I'll help really anybody. Some people, like I said, have, you know, they're already little ways into the process. Some people already have their books written and they need an editor. Um, but the vast majority of them come to me, they say, I want to write this book. Can you help me from start to finish? And so most of my clients, not all of them, but most of them are self-published. And so I'm helping them from concept development all the way to getting the book on Amazon. That is the easy part. As you know, the part that comes after the book being on Amazon, the marketing part is where there's a whole other, there's a whole other world in that. Um, but that's where my job ends is getting the book up on Amazon. Uh, great. So someone calls you and, and in a minute, I think I'd like to maybe have you take us through the steps of how that happens and maybe talk about how long it takes to do that. Um, but but let, let's uh, let's say that um, I, I have, in fact, let's do that now. Let's say that I have this book in me, I really need to get it written. What happens? What What's the process and how long does it take? Sure. 
So the first thing we do is set goals on why you're writing a book. Are you writing a book because you have a book in you that needs to get written? Tony Rose. Um, or are you writing a book because you think that it will help your business in some way? Are you writing a book to write a book to have an additional um, revenue stream? So that's the first thing we do. Um, and at that, and then we talk about, okay, what's the process that works very best for the author? Does the author want to be heavily involved in the writing? Do they want to really have a hands-off approach? Most of my clients want the hands-off approach. That's why they're coming to me. And so it's not entirely hands-off. Obviously I have to gather the information. And so we spend a lot of time up front, um, just talking it's six or eight weeks of me interviewing the author and getting, um, information out of the author's head into my head, um, and me doing research. So oftentimes the author will say, Hey, can you go, you know, read these books or, um, watch this Ted talk, whatever it is. And so from that, I create what I call, um, an awful first draft. I don't use the word awful. I use a different word, but, um, I create an awful first draft. And so my, my philosophy on that is that you can't have a good book until you've written something bad. Um, and that's the part that most people get stuck at. They're so committed to having something good on paper that, that it's hard to get, you know, get anything on paper because it has to be bad first. So about eight weeks in, I turn over what is a terrible, awful, bad first draft. Um, but at that point, the author and I talk about, okay, what's, what's missing in here? Um, what's just wildly wrong and needs to go? Who else do I maybe need to interview? Um, what other concepts do I need to, to get so that we at least have the accurate information down on paper? And once that is identified, then I work on wordsmithing it. Maybe I'm going to say four months into the process, although it just really depends on people's schedules. Um, the author will at some point come in and do an edit of the book where they read through it and say, you know, I really wouldn't say this word or this doesn't sound like me. This isn't quite right. Um, so there's some back and forth on that. And then there's, there's the proofreading stage, which I handle that as well. Um, design stage where I oversee the, the cover design, the interior design, and then self-publishing, um, which is getting the book up on Amazon. Um, and so if we're fast tracking it, it's about six months. Most of the time it's closer to a year. So, so is design important? You were saying you, the, the design is design important. Yeah. Um, it's at least as, as important as the book itself, um, because it determines most people are not going to read a book that they, that is designed poorly. Um, especially younger readers now, they just, they don't read in as large of chunks as people used to read 30, 40 years ago. And so having a really light readable book is important. It's actually um, gotten a little bit easier to write books over the years because of how people digest information. So they really want short chapters where they can read, you know, for five minutes at a time, learn something, put the book down and walk away. Short, short chapters, long or short books. I always used to think that to write a book, you have to write 325 pages. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, different thoughts out there. I know, I think, I think maybe Dan Sullivan says it should not be longer than a hundred pages. Other people say, you know, it needs to be at least 300 pages. I think it should be as long as it needs to be and not a word longer. So, um, 
you know, obviously we'll look at, well, who's the readership? If we're, if we're writing a book for a bunch of, you know, 20 year olds, I'm going to recommend short chapters um, just because that's how, that's how people consume information. If it's, you know, a, an older generation, I might go for a, you know, a longer book, but it's usually, well, how, how much do we, I'm a reporter by trade. And so it's like, don't go even a word over what needs to be there. Of course. Sure. So you've, you've written, you've helped write, or you've written over a hundred books. Would you say you're helping to write or would you say you wrote? I'm helping to write. In fact, a lot of times people ask me if it's upsetting to me that my name is not on the cover. And that question always makes me laugh because it's not at all upsetting to me because none of the concepts are concepts that I would have ever had on my own. It would have never come into my brain. Of course, there's elements of a book where I add my own flavor to it. Of course I do that. But the it's the author's information. It's the author's concepts and wisdom. And I always... After every project, I walk away a smarter, better person because of the author. That's great. That's great. I I think I I think I, on all my books I do say edited by you on you the do. book. You do. I, I sort of insisted on that, haven't I? You have. I, you love I, me. I don't know whether Go Beyond Numbers actually says edited by. Uh, Jocelyn you did Baker. insist on it, but it maybe didn't look good in the design, and so I said no on it. But I don't. Yeah, remember. I don't. Think so I yeah. think I think the rewrite of uh, uh, Elephants will, yeah. which we're calling what Quadrant Thinking. Calling it Quadrant Thinking. I'm, I'm definitely going to want to have you edited. I, I very much appreciate you, Jocelyn. Uh, I think there's an important thing that we haven't discussed yet. What's um, that? You've written a hundred books or assisted in writing a hundred books. I want to make sure that that's clear. Uh, but, but every book doesn't sound like Jocelyn, does it? I sure hope not. Um, I hope not. I think that's one of the goals is that when I'm sitting with an author and getting to know them, that I'm able to capture their voice. And so part of, you know, when you ask me, does it ever get old? Part of the reason that it doesn't get old is because I usually really, really admire and like the authors. And so I, I spend a lot of time with them. I get to know them. I get to know their voice. And the goal is that the book represents the author's voice and that people reading it who know the author go, oh, this, you know, this sounds like Tony Rose. Some of the, uh, I, I think we ought to talk a little bit specifically about how you and I wrote our books together, but I'd really like to maybe go over the process of writing the book that we called Beautiful Grief, which is a mm -hmm. book that my daughter, Katie, and I uh, engaged Jocelyn to assist us with uh, about the passing of my son at an early age. And, and I think it's important to understand for everyone who wants to write a book, that the process is not necessarily easy. So I wonder, Jocelyn, if you could talk about the contrast and, and, and what Beautiful Grief does is it writes about the grieving process for myself as an individual and my daughter as an individual with the death of my son. That uh, sounds like a, a very kind of macabre topic. 
but I actually think it turned out really good. I hope all of you go to Amazon and buy it. But but the the um, uh, there was a big contrast in the way Katie worked with you, Jocelyn, and the way I worked with you on that particular book. I wonder if you could discuss that a little bit. Sure. I'm I'm not sure that I'm going to answer. I'm not sure I'm, I know exactly what your question is. So jump in and tell me if I'm wrong. But um, well, first of all, your voices are very different. Um, and so we, instead of trying to write one book, um, you know, with the two of you as co-authors, we broke it up into chapters by Tony and chapters by Katie. And you guys are very different people in terms of how you work, where Tony, you, and part of this, I think, is because you and I know each other better than Katie and I knew each other. But part of it is also just different styles. Um, you were very much, here's the information, give me a draft. I'll review it and then we'll be done with it. And Katie is, um, Katie and I met a lot more in person and we spent more, there, there was definitely a lot more back and forth in terms of capturing Katie's voice. And again, I didn't know Katie as well as I knew you. So of course there would be, um, but I don't know if I'm answering your question. Am I answering no, you, your actually, question? you actually are. I think that I think the important piece, Jocelyn, is that it 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 it, it takes a while, and a good ghostwriter spends as much time as it takes to work with someone to capture their voice. Would you not agree? Yeah, and it's really it can be. It, it, it can be really intimidating to put your words on paper and especially on a subject like, you know, Johnny's death. That's, there's a lot of vulnerability that goes into that. And there's a lot of strength and bravery. And like, I look at Katie, I don't remember how old Katie was when we worked on that book, but she was very young. And to put that down on paper for the whole world to see and judge can be really, really hard. And so anybody who works with a ghostwriter wants to work with somebody who is going to take the time and who understands that and who has the patience. I have clients who come to me from, there are some, um, there's book writing services out there that do, there's some, there's some that are really, really good. And that some that just kind of rush through the process, they really see, they put more of the money in marketing the book than they do in creating a, a quality book. And for some people that works, but I think the vast majority of people need to have something on paper that represents who they are. And like I said, that can be, that can be intimidating. Of course. Yes, it can be intimidating. And, and I know at least two other uh, companies besides you, Jocelyn, that, that help people put together books. Uh, I, I know that it's incredibly important for the person that is trying to create the book uh, to hire someone who they believe will be patient with them because it's a hard process. It's a hard process. It is. Uh, and there are some people that just have a checklist, fill out this checklist and we'll write the book. Yeah. And I will tell you that the first client to, that um, hired me to write a book put a stack of 20 books in my hands and said, read these books and write me a, a book in the same industry, but write me a different book. And to this day, I joke that he's never read his book because um, he calls me and asks me questions about what the book says. But that is, 
most people are not that re relaxed is the wrong word, but most people have a lot invested in what they're doing. And so it, it's not just that you want somebody who's patient, it's that you want somebody who really likes you um, and is invested in your success in the same way that you are. And I think that's kind of when I think about the projects that I'm willing to take on and that I'm not willing to take on, it really goes to, do I like this person? Because if I don't, I'm not going to want to do the project. How do you know? Can you identify and have you had occasions where you've talked to someone and you said, really, you don't want to write a book? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of them was somebody that you referred me to. I just thought about this the other day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to name names. You, you, wanna, you don't name names, but you want to describe the situation and how you knew they really didn't want to write a book? Um, well, I knew I did not want to write a book with them. It was really just in those initial phone calls, there, it, there wasn't rapport. There was no rapport in those initial phone calls. And I thought, you know, this is going to be a really painful six months to a year um, for both of us. And so, you know, I have, I have clients who are the so-called like really easy clients who really, you know, it works. The I get, I capture the voice immediately. We, we move forward. It's an easy, fast project. And I have a lot of clients who I would not say are quote, quote, easy clients, but I love them. I respect them. I enjoy them. Um, and, and I'm happy to, I'm happy to sit there and work with them for as long as it takes, because I am at the end of the day, I always think I get more out of the project than anybody in the entire deal <clears throat> um, in terms of what I learn, Because I'm usually working with people who are thoughtful, successful people who are, they're building my own intellectual capital, my own human capital. So, so how do you make it easy for your client to make it, to, to, to make that book and, 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 contrast with how do clients make it difficult for you to write the book? So how do you make it easy and how do clients make it difficult for you? Okay. <clears throat> so my main job is to just handle as much of the heavy lifting as humanly possible. And so sometimes I'll have clients who are like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this outline together for you. And then once you get the outline, <clears throat> you can start working on the book. And unless they really, really want to put that outline together for me, I don't want them to do it because they don't have time to do it. Um, I can do that. That's my job. So, so that's really just my philosophy is let me do it. Let me do as much as, as much as is humanly possible. And that, that makes sense for me to do, I'm going to do it. Um, I think that's, is that your experience with me? That if it's, if there's a question of, okay, this thing needs to get done. I, I say, okay, I'm going to be the one who does that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that is my experience. Yeah. You. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if not, we should have a separate conversation about that. Um, how do clients make it difficult? So the truth of the matter is the thing that is the most difficult is when I have a client who can't um they can't make a decision until they see it in writing and i have so much sympathy for this because in some ways i'm the same way 
but I have a handful of clients who are like, oh, let's try this. No, no, I think I want to try this instead. Okay, I've totally changed the concept and now I want to do this. And there just are some people who that's the way the process goes and that's the way the process goes. It is a little harder for me. There's a lot more rewrites with that. How expensive is this process to, to do, to have someone like you and add what like the, just rough. All of it. We won't hold you to it, including uh, the design and the editing and getting it so that you have yep. a page on Amazon. $35,000. Okay. And how many hours do you think that is in man hours of everybody involved, mm-hmm. not just you? So they don't. That is such a good question. That is such a good question. And 21 years in, I should have an answer to that. And I do not. It's a lot. It's many hours. More than a few. Many hours. And that doesn't count the author's time that they have to. And and you know, one of the things I personally hate to do is edit. Yeah. And, and um, what I generally do is sit in my quiet space. I actually smoke a cigar or two. Uh, and 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 annotate every page of the book. I some people do it all online, don't they? And some people do it like me. I have to actually print out the whole yeah. book. And oh yeah, it. that's another thing people do that's hard for me. They print out the book and then they make chicken scratches. I'm kidding. I, that's actually what I do. But I go over the chicken scratches with you, don't I? You do, yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, okay. Uh, what question should I be asking you that I did not ask you, Jocelyn? So one of the, I think you should ask me the question of, should everybody write a book? Should everybody write a book, Jocelyn? So this is what I think about it. I'm 21 years in. So there's some stuff where I might be a little bit, might, maybe I could benefit from being a little bit more um, fresh-eyed about it. But I have found that there are some people who, okay, well, let me answer the actual question. Should everybody write a book? Yes. If you have a book in you, you should totally write a book. My nine-year-old wrote a book when he was eight. It's on Amazon. It's adorable and awesome. Um, But nobody buys it because my nine-year-old, he was eight at the time, didn't have a marketing plan. And so it's just on Amazon and his friends and family buy it. And it's adorable. And we talk about how adorable it is. And that's it. It's called, I don't know, where does the water go? It's called, Where Does the Water Go? by Kira Matzdorf. If anybody wants to buy it, it's a darling little children's book. Um, But it was a, you know, it's a little children's book. There was a a huge investment of time on that. For somebody who's writing a book for their business or because they want a revenue stream, the answer to that question is really know what the marketing plan is because the easy part is getting the book up on Amazon. Um, and that's not super easy, as you know. It's not, you know, oh, we're going to do this next week. Um, it's a it's a time commitment and it's a, it's a financial commitment. Um, but that is a very straightforward process. I know exactly how to do it. I can get anybody's book on, up on Amazon for them. Once it's on Amazon, how are you going to promote it? And I think a lot of people miss that piece of it. They just have this great idea. They think, oh, this is going to be a great book. And it is going to be a great book. Um, but there's a lot of competition out there. And so that's, I think, a big question is, is I can only take you through the part of getting it up on Amazon. What happens next? What happens after that? So 
I have that quite, I have that conversation a lot with authors who call me who say, Oh, I have this, you know, great story. I just, I just had the conversation this week. There was a guy who said, I have this great story and everybody has been telling me I should write a book. And he told me a story and it is a, it's an amazing, inspiring, heartbreaking story, but he doesn't have an audience for it yet. And so, you know, my advice was find, figure out how you're going to market it at the same time as writing the book. Like this has to be a, a focus of yours during this process is once I have the book, what am I going to do with it? I, th I think that's a really good discussion. And, and I don't think that for many people, uh, writing a book has to have a result of making it an Amazon bestseller. By the way, God knows I don't have Amazon bestsellers, except Beautiful Grief was. And, and, and uh, but why are you writing the book? Uh, I, I really for sure. think for the people that are watching this or listening to this, if you have something to say that you think might actually even be valuable for your ancestors mm -hmm. and no one buys it on Amazon, that's probably okay. I yes. have often called my first book, Say Hello to the Elephants. Uh, a $40,000 calling card. And, and, and when I go see uh, prospective clients or I want someone to know how I am thinking, I am sending them go beyond numbers. You want to know how I think as an accountant? Here's my book that tells me how I think. And that doesn't take an Amazon sale to, to have that book be incredibly valuable. Would you agree with that, Jocelyn? Absolutely. And I think that's why that first conversation is so important because most of the people who hire me, that's their goal. Either they have a book inside of them that they're like, look, I just, I need to write this book. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. I need to write this book. I'm going to figure it out later. Totally get that. Or they say, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time and resources on marketing the book and trying to make, turn the book into a revenue stream. I'm using the book to, um, you know, just crystallize my position or to, to, like you said, as a, as a, as a leave behind, um, or as a marketing tool to build their business. So Jocelyn, if someone wants to know more about the process, at least how you do it, how can people get in contact with you? They can call me. Yes. And how do they call you? I, I would, I would. Are you asking for a phone number? It's well, how about how about a how about a email address or something a little less benign? Because there'll be thousands and thousands and thousands of phone calls from this podcast alone. They can all call me. That's totally fine. But no, my email address is jocelynellenbaker at gmail.com. Do you want and to so I'm expecting that? I'm expecting to get thousands and thousands of emails. If you are watching this, please email me because it's otherwise going to hurt my feelings. Would you would you uh, spell it out? for people so that they can write it down. J-O-C. I, we'll I think we'll put it on camera as well, but spell it. J-O-C-E-L-Y-N-E-L-L-E-N-B-A-K-E-R at gmail.com. Got it, everyone. Got it. Jocelyn, this has been fun and the time's gone fast. It's been but very I good. Thank you for having me on here. I feel like there's so many other things I could talk to you about. Well, uh, we'll do that another time. 
I think it's time for Ryan to wrap it up. Ryan, do you have a question for Jocelyn? You know, I don't guys, uh, no, Jocelyn, I appreciate you being here. You know, your process of writing, uh, I am actually a former reporter, so I share that bond. With oh, you. are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it was, uh, you know, fun to kind of hear your story, that transition kind of into the ghostwriting world and, and just what that entails, the process of like connecting with your clients, all of it, super interesting. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show. We appreciate you. Oh, it was fun to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, of course. Well, hey, look, everybody, we want to take one final moment, as always, to thank you guys, our audience, for jumping aboard, being a part of the show today. If you liked what you saw, you took anything away from the conversation between Tony and Jocelyn today, do us a favor, hit that like button, comment on the show, subscribe to it, of course, on whichever platform you're checking us out on today, and then share this information with friends, family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. You know, we've got some great topics, some great guests, just like Jocelyn teed up for some future episodes here on go beyond numbers we would hate to have have you miss out on any really great content here moving forward so for jocelyn for tony and myself i'm ryan ruff we're gonna go ahead and say so long but we appreciate you being with us one final time here on today's edition of go beyond numbers